Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Rip. I'm your host, Ryan Ripkin, and this is a podcast where I bring on guests from a variety of industries to talk about their story. And regardless of the journey they have chosen to take, if you listen to the words, I promise there's a lot you can relate to. But for some reason, if you can't, there are some great stories, I can guarantee you that. And this week's guest is my friend, Adam Brett Walker II. He is currently a baseball player over in Japan playing for the Yumiuri Giants or the Tokyo Giants for, for those that follow him. Adam was a third-round pick of the Minnesota Twins and was right on the cusp of almost debuting into the majors, and unfortunately it didn't work out the way that he wanted to. Ended up in independent baseball as well as playing for different Major League Baseball organizations and then found himself playing professionally over in Japan. So we talk about basically that whole experience, how he got there, the perseverance, and then being in Japan, what that's like from playing baseball over there, how the game is, and culturally being in a different country. So there's a lot of great things we talked about, especially food. You know, I'm a big food person and we got into what Adam has tried over there. If you don't follow Adam, I will leave all of his social media uh, links online so you can follow him. He's a great follow, but enough of me babbling on. Let's get to the interview. But before we get to the interview, if you could please like and subscribe and review the Off Script with Rip podcast, that'd be really appreciative and tremendous because I want to make this better for each and every listener out there. All right, now I'm done. Enjoy the interview with Adam Brett Walker II. Welcome back to another episode. This week's guest is a friend of mine that I actually haven't gotten a chance to talk to in a while. Adam Brett Walker II. A walk live from Tokyo, yeah. Because he's over there playing in Japan. How you feeling? Uh, feeling good. You know, it's uh, you know, just got finished up with a night game, but uh, had to come on and come say what's up to you. I know. So to give people the context of it, I'm filming this in the morning around 10 a.m. Eastern time in the states, and it's what 11:15 where you are, p.m. 11:15, yeah. So hey, your about, boys are off a, a walk off this time change. Yeah, yeah. You know, guy backside walk off homer. I love it. Hey, God, at least it's a dub. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. It, it. I know it's, I know it stinks, but I know you're a night owl, so this makes it at least manageable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna give a little bit of the background for you, which I'll explain mm -hmm. also when I do the intro. But you started. Obviously, you play baseball. You're over there playing in Japan. <laughs> and you started your career, though. You were a third-round pick out of JU. Fin mm -hmm. Fins up, if oh, I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. I'm getting my lingo down. Fins up. Yeah, yeah baby. Fins up, um, twins. It's where you're a third-round pick by the Twins. Uh, yep. You made it all the way up to AAA. And then... Mm -hmm. Trying to remember across the lands of your teams. It was Twins. You spent time with the Braves, the Twins, Orioles. Braves, That's where we met with, with the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Orioles, Nationals. And then I went over to the Reds and then the Nationals. So there it yeah. is. The and, then, and in between also, you've also done independent baseball. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's where you met another mutual or, or you we – Forgot. We all got together. Uh, former teammate of of mine, Garrett Copeland, who was your teammate oh. with the hey. what was it? The Milwaukee Milkmen. Yep, Milwaukee Milkmen. Yeah. Let's go. And actually, another connection. Tim Dijon, DJ, is 
a coach oh, in the yeah. Orioles organization. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Small world. Great, Great dude. But did I did I cover it enough with that? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, that's that's the journey. Yeah. So let's just start with that because I think you've you've played a lot of baseball now. You are 31. Yeah, 31. 31. So I'll just safe to say for you, you got off to a really good start. Things were moving pretty quickly, and then you were right on the cusp of having a chance to you thought of being ready to be in the big leagues. Um and then it just kind of felt like that opportunity never fully came about. Um, mm -hmm. Can you kind of just walk me through? I, I know but a little bit for everyone, the listeners yeah. there, of feeling like you're right on the cusp and you feel like you're there. And it just, just feels like it, in some ways, I don't want to say slips away, but mm -hmm. kind of sit there going, I'm at the doorstep and it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, uh, went all the way up through with the Twins, got the AAA. Uh, you know, thought you're hoping to get a call there at the end of the season. Next thing you know, bounce around on waivers, and you know, teams are excited to have you. I was with the, uh, actually with the Brewers first, and then went to the Orioles, and then to the Braves in the off season. Started with the Braves, and then came back to the Orioles. But uh, yeah, just uh, you know. Partially probably my fault, just, you know, you, you bouncing around and you're, you're so close, you put pressure on yourself. But, uh, I mean, it's all part of the journey, you know, it all worked out. Now I'm here. I'm still playing ball, so no complaints. Yeah, for sure. But I, I hate to say, don't say it's, it's your fault. I mean, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's our, our numbers and the stats and mm -hmm. we perform well. But, I mean, the level you got to where you were, things happen, right? Oh, um, yeah. You know, it is what it is. But, I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, though, because your situation was you being put on waivers and picked up when you say you mm -hmm. got picked up so much that year. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so people were asking me recently, because you were the first case that I saw it in person, but it's happened a lot. It still happens, you know, yearly in, in baseball. <laughs> yeah. It happened with uh, a player named Lewin Diaz, who's with the Orioles AAA team mm -hmm. in Norfolk right now where he was put on the 40 man cleared, picked up by somebody mm -hmm. waved back yeah. up. So it's a, it's a business trade that people have been doing for a while for, for those that yeah, are wondering. Definitely. So with all that happening and you were ready to kind of start anew, was there any point of view that wanted to move on from playing or did you think that maybe you should try something different or were you still pretty set that you knew you could still make this a career, even if it wasn't what you initially anticipated? Um, I definitely went through a phase where I was uh, considering, you know, moving on from baseball. Uh, that was probably 2018 was with the Nationals. I go there, next thing you know, it put me on the Phantom. I don't play the rest of the year. Like 2019 comes around, I'm signing up to go play indie ball. And uh, just that was with Copeland. So uh, Copeland can give you all types of stories, too. <laughs> that was uh, an interesting year just uh, off the field. I mean, I was telling someone the other day, we had a, like an eight-hour bus trip. Bus breaks down, turns into like 13 hours. 
we hop off the bus so the next day we have a day game we go in there i shower up i put my uniform back on and go play a day game and uh you know i'm sitting there kind of like like do i want to keep doing this so uh yeah i started trying to plan for uh plan for the future ended up going back to school got my degree so um you know i'm happy about that but uh yeah, I had some injuries, and I said, you know what, I'll give it one more year. Next thing you know, I, I went MVP. I'm like, well, I got to do it again, run it back. Did it again, and now I'm in Japan. So um, it's kind of crazy to think that for for quite a while during that year, I was, I was considering just kind of hanging up the uniform and being done. I mean, we kind of all hit that point too, especially when things don't yeah. go again, according to the plan that, that we initially had hoped. Hell yeah, it's you on getting your degree, by the way. Congrats. I just finished up mine last month. Um, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Nice. Thank Very you. Nice. We could have had some celebratory tequila. For those who don't know, you know, actually, I think our bond or our friendship might have started over <laughs> a little bit of tequila talking through some some uh times in our life it was your start to your orioles career and yeah. mine as well um we definitely will need to toast that when you get back to states but but in all seriousness i don't think i i guess in this different way there's never there's never a a time for it's never easy to go back and do it as it gets older right to finish your degree mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> but also that there isn't there shouldn't be a set age on when you can finish it you know mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely so. so i think whoever's out there that needs to finish it up like if you're already there you might as well just finish it all right so while you were in school you were also working a job and obviously you're still playing so what what mm -hmm. were you doing what was work yeah so i uh i ended up picking up a job at a leather shop had a family friend who was a. Uh, who, yeah, who had a leather shop and, and made leather goods. Um, I think I was going to try to, I was getting ready to send in my application to a Lululemon. And my mom's like, hey, you need a job? I was like, yeah, I think it's about that time. And she uh, told me that, uh, you know, that the guy had an opening. He welcomed me in there. Next thing you know, I'm just, I'm cutting, painting, sewing leather together. <laughs> And uh, that was my part-time job. Yeah. So, so what you described, he described what one does working at a leather company, but like what, like what are some leather <laughs> items you made? Oh, uh, well, we made a lot of belts. Oh. Uh, yeah. A lot of belts uh, and a lot of wallets. So those are, uh, those are some of the, the big, the big uh, objects there for me starting i was the guy i had to take the leather hide put it down take the little cutter and you have like this giant like block goes down boom presses it like a little cookie cutter so i cut out just little square wallet pieces all day <laughs> that's uh that's that's what i started out on well, while the owner, he got to, he got to do all the fun stuff and actually sell the stuff together and, and, and finish the products. I got to start it and then I got to put them in the bags and, and ship them out. Hey, For really? So you're kind of the, uh, the, the starter and the finisher in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. So you know what I was thinking of? I, I need to eventually do a segment on what do jobs professional baseball players have done, Oof, you know, yeah, for for work trying while they're trying to make it. Cause <laughs> even though you're an indie like independent ball for people that aren't as mm -hmm. familiar, it's out of affiliated baseball, which means they're not, there's no, those teams don't have any affiliation. So the minor league teams of like the Orioles, the Nationals, the Twins, you know, those teams, those are the feeder teams to then go up to the big leagues. The independent ball, you're trying to get your way back in. So essentially it's another form of minor league baseball for those that are that are wondering. But yeah, Iwak, I mean, the amount of stories, I mean, we know this, the, the jobs people have had to, to have to get by, the grind. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it ain't easy chasing the dream. <laughs> no, definitely not. But that would be an interesting segment. I, I, I would listen to that one. Uh, you know what? We, we might uh, might have some ideas now. Uh, I got a few <laughs> different projects actually working now. I got a Ryan Ripken show that just launched yesterday or whenever this episode comes out. The first episode was on June 29th. Okay, and nice. we're thinking of different segments. You know, that might be one. Yeah. Uh, hey, maybe it might. Well, there might be. We might have to just have you come back on later on and give an Adam's appetite. But that we'll get to that down the road Ooh. here, because yeah. I know I know you like your food. Oh yeah, I love it. But so eating good out here. I you know what? Save it because we're gonna get into that. So you finally <laughs> then you have two. You have great years with the Milkmen in, in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And so how did the, how did the opportunity even come about for Japan? Like, I don't even, I don't even know how that works. Is that your agent or? Um, yeah. So I, I've had my agent ever since, you know, I was drafted by the twins in 2012. So we've, uh, we've still worked together and, uh, I kind of just sat down with them. Uh, I think after that 2019 season, I said, you know, what? I was considering quitting, but I'm like, Hey, I think I'm my my resume, and I think I'm I'm a good enough ball player like to make some money, like so like whether I go to to Mexico, to Korea, leaving Taiwan, Japan, like if I even if I can't get back to the big leagues, like I want to go somewhere. I think I should be able to make a a little bit of money playing baseball. Um, so he he took that to heart and he he pushed hard and. I ended up, I got the numbers to, to back it up for the next two years. And, um, the giants, they, they pulled the trigger and, uh, took a chance on me. And now I'm here for year two. So year two. And so it was practicing this, the Yumiuri giants. Yes. Yumiuri giants. I feel oh, like wow. we're not saying it the same way. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds, it sounds good to me, but. I, I'm not. I don't. Not I don't want to. But... I don't want to offend anyone in, in Japan because the thing is, I'm a huge Giants fan, especially because you're on the squad. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you could just say the Tokyo Giants. Just, just play it safe. Everybody, everyone's gonna know that. Okay, Tokyo Giants, big fan of the squad. So they come <laughs> calling after you have the the big years. Mm -hmm. Did you have? walk me through then going over just culturally, you know, going to Japan and it's, you're out of COVID now, your first year over there was 2022. So last year, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah. So, so last year. So kind of walk me through then you're excited, but 
what's on your mind going in there for the first few days in a foreign country, new opportunity, but you have mm -hmm. really, I had you been to Japan before? Uh, no, no, never. I, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a first, that was the longest plane ride, uh, first time over an ocean. So that was a, a bucket list thing for me there. But, uh, I think it goes back to, you know, I had talked to my agent about going somewhere to play. So I, I decided to go play winter ball in actually 2020. So this was mid pandemic, but I went to Columbia. They had a, they had a shortened season. So that way, um, they still wanted to do the Caribbean series that we actually won and were able to go to. So I, that was my first real experience of kind of just getting out and going to a different culture. I realized all the the little bit of uh, greetings and the little bit of Spanish I spoke to my teammates was not enough. Uh, once I got off that plane and I realized no one spoke English, it, it hit me, and uh, I was like, I gotta, I got a lot of work to do. Um, but I think that that helped me kind of coming to Japan because I knew I'm like, this is, this is gonna be a different level. I'm like, I can't read signs. I can't read menus, but I kind of Google translate some stuff and I, and I figured it out from that experience before I was in Colombia, I was in Mexico. So a little different, but it kind of prepared me to come over here. I would say, yeah, it's it, foreign baseball. I think just even you're talking about just getting used to language barrier, but just even cultural barrier around I guess I'm really curious about around the game. I think when we played in affiliated baseball, professional baseball in the States, there was obviously a lot of English speaking Americans and whatnot, but we, there mm -hmm. we had, we were introduced more to the Latin culture now, but they were still mm -hmm. on, you know, the U S turf. So it's going to have a different feeling. What are mm -hmm. things that you noticed on the cultural side of the game when you went to Colombia and then going to Japan. Um. Well, I guess uh, you know Colombia and, and Mexico culturally is is it's much different than uh, um, coming to Japan. Uh, I will say, I thought both the both the the fans in each place that was one thing. They're they're very loud. They you know they're banging drums and like they're chanting like here they're chanting a lot um and they're just they're just very active it like feels like feels like i'm at a party and you know when i was in mexico and colombia their fans are just they're very loud and just like it's like feels like a party and they're and they're there and they're having a good time um so that was that was something that was uh different for me that was that i had noticed um you know in the states i mean fans are great in the states but you know they're kind of they're you know you get people that want to go there and have a beer and hot dog and kind of hang out with their friends you know they cheer once good stuff happens but uh their fans here they're very passionate and they're 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 locked in and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see they're locked in all game you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And because you're right, fans are passionate in the States, but in some of these mm -hmm. countries, 
outside of the U.S., I mean, baseball is one of the premier, if not the premier sport. Like in Japan, I feel like it's it's it the, this this burning love. I remember watching the World Baseball Classic and just the amount of excitement mm. that was around the team. And Japan wins the the WBC, tremendous, mm-hmm. right? And, and yeah. so what you're saying, it's really just cool to hear that when you're in there, that was one of the things that you noticed, you know, off the bat as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So uh, it, uh, it was definitely, definitely a big change. Definitely, you notice it. I think part of it, I came to, came to the Giants, I go to Tokyo Dome and we get 55, you know, 55,000 people packed in there and I was just playing indie ball with with, with 10,000 people and it's like I mean wasn't wasn't like nervous or anything but it was just like this is cool you know um just and they're all last year was a little different because there were still actually COVID regulations um I didn't I, I didn't get to to camp spring training uh, on time because of like uh the country was still shut down so I couldn't get my visa. So I showed up late. There were still regulations in the with uh, fans and uh, coming to the stadium. But this year they've uh, cleared all restrictions. You know the the borders are open. There's there's visitors coming from all over the world, and like it's it's definitely different. I can I can tell it's very live, and I mean they got people playing trumpets and horns and they got chants for every player there's guy in scoring position they got a certain chant and it's like i mean and they're going all game long like it doesn't matter if it's 10 to 0 they're still going for it and they're still rooting us on and it's like it's it's pretty cool what so you say they have chance for everyone what's the chant for you um i mean well I, i translate it uh so i got one this year uh i think translated it's like you know let's go walker uh you know pretty much like hit a home run hit it to right hit it to center hit it to left you know let's go hit a home run kind of roughly translated that's kind of how it was described to me um and it's uh it's pretty cool i gotta i gotta walk out so they kind of picked one uh, for RBI opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it's from a old like samurai movie. This got these like horns. I think it's pretty majestic. They're like, hey, what do you think about this? And like these trumpets come in and I'm like, this sounds like some, sounds like a movie right here. They're like, yeah, it's from like a samurai movie. It was really popular. So like that comes on. Now I'm pinch hitting, guy on in scoring position. That song starts playing. Next, you know, as soon as it finishes, they're like clapping and they're chanting my song. I'm like, this, I gotta get a hit. So, boom, RBI, get a hit. Like, place goes crazy. It's it's so fun. It you, it gets the people going. You know, it's oh yeah, they they know <laughs> what they're doing, and and you you're the the perfect yeah. guy for the job. I do want to hear the the chants in, in Japanese. So, if there's a way, I'm gonna try to Google and find if there's any sorts of chants. Mm-hmm. A walk chance. I got. I gotta get that in my life. Um, right, I, I yeah. just think that's awesome. On on the speaking of then, just the game, and, and mm-hmm. people have talked about it, but for a lot of people that would listen, you know, 
baseball in Japan is still at a, a very high level, elite level. I mean, mm-hmm. you're looking at some guys yeah. just came over. There's one guy in the U.S. that is um, the best player in, in all of baseball in Shohei Otani. And yeah. he is a Japanese product. But mm-hmm. obviously, the Major League Baseball is still considered the premier league to be in because of what it attracts. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. the style then specifically for – I'm more intrigued at the pitching side. So what is, mm-hmm. what's the difference that you've seen between the pitching in, in professional baseball in the States compared to over there overseas in Japan? Um, yeah, it's a uh, – I mean, there's still a lot of great arms, of course, like the major leagues is the major leagues. But uh, it's, it's different, you know, in the States, you know, I get, get a scouting report and like, okay, it's – you know, this guy's got a fastball. It's his fastball is either straight or like it's got a two seam. It runs. It's like okay, that's his fastball. He's got a slider, and it's like sometimes he throws a changeup. I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. You get a game plan. You go out there and you compete with that. I come here and like my first game, and the the data guy comes to me like, all right, cool. Like, you know, he's got a fastball, four seam fastball. He's got a two seam. Uh, he throws a cutter a slider, uh, two strikes, he goes to his fork ball. Sometimes he throws a curveball, and then he's got two curveballs, like a normal, like your normal power curve, and then he's just got, like, the EFIS curveball. And he's like, and sometimes a changeup. And I'm like, are you, I'm like, are we playing wiffle ball? Like, what do you, what was that? And then the next thing you know, the next pitcher comes out, and he's got five pitches too. And I'm like, so I'm like, all right, well, you gotta, and I'll and I'll go into an at bat and I'll get five different pitches. Um, but I mean, the I think that the equalizer is a lot of guys that throw a fork or a splitter. Um, a lot of guys have a splitter, and there's there's some good ones. Uh, I think that's the the big equalizer um, uh, here in Japan. But uh, I don't know, fastballs. A lot of, I don't know, a lot of spin, spin rate, I feel like, and then the fork ball, and then you just kind of, they're, it, it's crazy, pitchers will go out there and they'll throw a 200-pitch bullpen and just try to dot up all their pitches, and it's like, so in the States, like, a guy will dot up his fastball, and, you know, but it's like, they'll, they're trying to dot up four or five different pitches. So it's uh I think that's the that's the big difference. Um, you know, maybe not throwing as hard, but they they throw a lot of you never know what you're gonna get at any point in that bat. They throw a lot of they they throw a lot of, of junk. The kitchen sink is yes. what actually I yeah, think it's that, referred to. Yes. But that, they throw the kitchen sink. It's a good point though, because I mean we know this in professional baseball now. To be a starter, you want to try to have three pitches. Right. Like mm-hmm. you initially want to have three pitches to feel good. You have two that can mm-hmm. keep people off balance and then essentially one, you know, out out pitch, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And then the bullpen, it's really you need to have it's usually a fastball and usually mainly for a lot of guys, it's like a slider or a splitter or something like that in the bigs. Mm-hmm. Again, two to three pitches yeah. max. And yeah, they throw them really well, but it's way different. Mm-hmm. um yeah yeah good. 
Well, hey, you know, good luck to you. I mean, clearly you've had success <laughs> so far with what you're doing, but that would make my mm-hmm. head spin. Um, and for those who don't yeah. know for you, you you can just absolutely launch balls. You always could, still <laughs> are. Um, yeah. But you're even saying your role right now is you've had to pinch hit quite a bit. Like you've learned how to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Uh, that ain't easy. I, I don't know. So how do, <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. How did you clearly we joked about it before and they said oh you become you're a really good pinch hitter it's like well i think i'm a good hitter yeah but but what Um, yeah what do you um yeah what what in your mindset did you or are you doing to help because i think a lot of people struggle with that it's not easy to do yeah uh you know well i think one part of it is i have to tell myself that i'm you know i'm a good hitter so uh when i Whoever you're going in there, you just gotta you gotta compete, and you know I don't whether whether it's fake it till you make it. I got I tell myself like I can get a hit off this guy, so that's probably the first thing. Um, because I I think before I caught myself, I was in a pitch hit role, and I'm like, well, this is hard. Like, no, you know, you go in there, you get out. It's kind of like, well, that's you're supposed to pinch hitting's hard, but I think I just kind of had to change my my mindset and mentality um but yeah i mean also been working on my swing the big thing was for for me this off season was just uh just more more consistent barrels and like when i for me it's like when i swing the bat i want to put the ball in play um so yeah i mean you're pinch hitting especially certain certain roles it's different when you're when you're starting a starter you can kind of try to pitch around you a little bit, see what you're, if you're going to chase a little bit, but you go on an opportunity and you got guys scoring position and like the pitcher, he doesn't, doesn't want to mess around and he's not trying to walk you. So my thing is like, he wants to come after you. My big thing, if I get a pitch, I got to put it in play. Um, Overall, it, it's been, it's been going pretty well. I'm hitting just under 300 right now. Got six homers, so um, you know we'll we'll take it. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to trying to get better every day, but still work to do. But overall, it's been it's been going pretty well still. And for people to know too, for it, you got you got six you got six jacks, six homers in limited at bats. I think you're at uh, 88 at bats, like 90 plate appearances. So you're doing great. You know, yeah. It's so. it's like in 42 42 games showing. Yeah, you're getting a lot of. Uh, of um pinch hits because the you know the numbers if you look at it being a full game it doesn't add up but you also spent a little time in yeah. like the minors over there which i didn't even realize with japan and their system is there only one league mm-hmm. or one or two minor leagues or levels or how does that work over there um yeah so i mean there's pretty much one level it's kind of like uh i mean i'd say just if it's like you're playing mlb the show and you just back in the day and you just get sent to triple a <laughs> on road to the show and then you play a couple games and then you go up to the big leagues um that's there it is it's kind of how it is it's you know there's one there's one level uh our team we actually have two there's a there's a couple teams that have a a third team so they call it the first team second team and the third team i'm on the first team currently uh uh but it's it's interesting, you know, I'm down there and I get, I'm there and I'm playing with 
there's a, a guy who's was he's 40 years old. He was kind of admirable last year. He was a great pinch hitter. Uh, you know, and he's 39. They signed it back. Uh, kind of had a slow start, and so he's down there. He's 40 years old, and he's still still playing, doing his thing. But then next thing you know, there's the 18 year old like high school kid that just got drafted, like first rounder, and it's like. So it's it's definitely different because I I'd say like oh it's like AAA, but it's like you got, you know maybe your kind of typical AAA guy, but then you also have your like typical rookie ball guy, and they're on a team together. They're all the same one. So how many uh, how many yeah. rounds are there? You say it's a, Japan has a draft. How many rounds? Do you know mm-hmm. how many rounds there are? Um, roughly guesstimate. I think it's I want to say like seven okay but but the yeah, point I is you can have an 18 year old kid be playing with guys that have been playing professional baseball for years there isn't this tears level like there is back in mm-hmm. back in the u.s yeah yeah bro i mean it's it's like you're, you're literally one call away like you get drafted i mean there's only i think maybe six or seven rounds um but it's like you're you're one call away uh you know our our closer last year guy turns into a, he's a rookie but he started spring training one spring training is two months long so it's 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 a long time but he started with the third team actually so he started with the third team um which is like you get three a three digit number it once you and it's kind of like the 40 man. It's like once you get put on the 40 man, you get a two digit number. And then so he started with a three digit number, ends up pitching really well. He's a rookie, gets a two digit number, ends up pitching really well. Next thing you know, they're like, hey, this kid's kind of the real deal, which which he was drafted to be the real deal. And next thing you know, he's our rookie closer and he's an all star and he's like, I think he was second in the league in saves. And it's like, so, I mean, he was, he was one call away, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but uh, I mean, that's just kind of the way it is here. Can you imagine being one call away in the, when when you were getting drafted by the (laughs) Can you imagine? Hey, 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 you're going right to triple A. Oh, okay. Yeah. One call. I mean, I think, uh, talking to somebody i think uh chris sale i think he did something like that like i remember i was a freshman i i faced this guy i i strike out three times next thing i know i played summer ball and my friend talks to me he's like hey uh you see chris sale on tv i'm like oh like what happened like did he like what he throw a no hitter and like a ball he's like no he's in the big leagues, he was in the big leagues, thrown out of the bullpen. And I was like, all right, well, it made me feel better about my three strikeouts. That's for sure. I was like, well, he's striking out big leaguers now. Um, but yeah, I don't, you definitely don't see that very often. Guys just climbing the system like that one, two years. It's a, yeah. it's, it's definitely a different journey here. Oh, for sure. But also you make a point even in the States, it's the same thing. Like it's rare to climb that quickly. I mean, you can have yeah, guys absolutely. go through quicker, but mm-hmm. 
but there is an expectation like, you know, right now for the Orioles, you know, they're waiting on, you know, Adley, there's a COVID year and everything like that. Jackson mm-hmm. holiday or Gunnar Henderson came up pretty quickly from playing Jackson mm-hmm. holiday, the number one overall pick last year. You mm-hmm. know, he's in high A right now. He's crushing it. And yeah. he might get to the bigs, maybe have a chance at the end of 2024, but that's on the quick mm-hmm. scale. Like most guys, it's yeah. <laughs> three, four, five, six years. You know, it just depends. Yeah. Um, nature of the beast. But I'm glad you're having yeah. a great time over there. But that's kind of more the fun part of it because now we're going to go into Adam's appetite mm-hmm. because <laughs> I know right. you love food. I got to know about what you're eating over in Japan. Like what is, what is on Adam's appetite that, that you never expected over there? Um, man, well, of course, you know, the coming to Japan I was like, okay, you know, there's going to be great sushi. I keep hearing about this, this Kobe beef and the, the Wagyu steak and like, so I keep hearing about that. I know all that stuff and it's, it is delicious. Um, and it's, the price is actually amazing. <laughs> You know, I think about how much I pay at a steakhouse sometimes back in the States. And I'm like, so, uh, but there's, I mean, you know, ramen, you know, you get your noodles, udon, soba noodles. Uh, I didn't realize they were like five different types of ramens. You know, your miso, your miso, your tonkatsu, your, your soy base, your salt, uh, miso tonkatsu mix, like, there's a seafood base like broth and I'm like I asked some of my friends I'm like my teammates I'm like oh you guys like ramen they're like yeah I'm like what kind they asked me what kind I'm like uh ramen they're like well I like this one I like that one I'm like my gosh but uh there's all I mean there's so much I think the one big thing um that I didn't know about it's called okonomiyaki so I go to Hiroshima. There's two different sty- styles: Hiroshima, Osaka, Okonomiyaki. Hiroshima, they they like layer it, and it's like, I mean, it looks like a Japanese pancake. They put it on the grill. It's like a thin layer, like oh, like some noodles, some like veggies, kind of like a cabbage and some onion. They uh some i think squid in there uh I, some garlic on top and it's like and they grill it and they flip it next thing you know it like comes out and i'm like this is just like a pancake and they have this like sweet kind of sauce on it but i was like this was it was so good i had no idea what to expect but they're like you got to try it and it was really good but that was uh the one new thing that I that I had no idea what it was all about, but uh, that that's one fun thing that I like to get every once in a while. It's probably not the healthiest for me, but every once in a while I have to go get some. Oh, you got to you got to get you got to you got to do what's good for your soul. I need you oh, to exactly. send me a photo of this next time. Send right, it, yeah, send yeah, it I direct. I need to see this. Uh, yeah, no, I I got you because my mind is all over the place with with this, but I'm now. <laughs> I'm really into it. Is it bad that when I think ramen, first off, I meant to say this, is that I just think about like the cheap ramen that people buy in the States, like, and it just is so, such a slap in the face. 
to to ramen yeah, lovers no, because that ain't ramen. No, that that's ramen. not ramen. The the cup of noodles, you know. The, it's like you know, the col- no, college it's, it's, kid. It's a college kid's uh, diet, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I've had I've had plenty of it, um, and <laughs> it, it and it hits the spot, but uh, it is it is definitely not the ramen that they're serving here. Um, I mean, there's even some great spots in the states, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, the food the food here is is very very good, and it's I don't know, it's different because uh, something about it. I feel like the portion sizes are very small. So we have our team dinner and it's like, and they, they give you like little like trays, I guess. And you can kind of like buffet style, but I'm like, I'm like, what is this? So I pick up one and I'm like, keep picking up these little trays and I'm looking around on my plate. I'm like, I feel like I have so much food, but then I look and I look back at some of the meals I have back home where it's just kind of like, you get one big portion and I'm like, yeah, it probably adds up to the same, but, uh, so it's different. I love the seafood here too. I mean, they, uh, they, they do that well. They do that very well. I mean, of course, sushi, but, um, I mean, the food here is fire. You got, you got to come check it out. I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to go. You're convincing me more that I need to get over there sooner <laughs> or later. Uh, it actually be cool to go over what if you were still playing over there, that'd be sick. That'd be a lot of fun. You could really then give me the actual tour of what to eat. I would just pick you pick where we'd go and I'd go and eat it. That would be phenomenal. Um, what that's what I do with my teammates. Hey, there you go. I mean, I'm like, hey, just just pick some stuff and yeah. All right, hey, craziest thing then that you tried in, in Japan then. Um, craziest thing I've tried. I mean, probably. I guess uh, it's called motsunabe. It's uh, I, they they pretty much uh, they they didn't know how to describe it. I don't know. It's like it's like. Beef, it said, I don't know, stomach, organs, kind of, I don't know if it's intestines, but it's like, they use yeah. that as like, a, it's, dude, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, hey, we're going to dinner. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go wherever. I didn't really ask any questions. Like saying, oh, it's like this giant pot that's, and that's kind of the base and it's this miso like broth. And then they have some vegetables that go in there and it it was it was really good (laughs) like i mean it was like giant like broth they boil it up but i i stopped asking questions i'm like i'm like what what is this they're like i don't know it's like beef like they kept kind of pointing at the stomach and stuff i'm like i don't don't uh we don't need to get into it but motunabe um it actually, it actually was really good. They, they told me it would be very good. I listened. Mm-hmm. I gave it a try, and, and then I take that, and then they gave us some, uh, some uh, like ramen noodles on the side. Boom, put that, 
throw that in the broth and had some noodles like as your like finishing meal it it, it was very good especially especially the miso based broth okay well I'll uh, take i don't know how to describe it, it but <laughs> it, beef, it, beef it, organ yeah, is it, what i'm getting out of this be something something beef that we don't know so no it it, it was not your normal steak that's for sure but uh, well I'm glad you enjoyed. You know, I will say this. I had a different <laughs> case. When I went to Australia as a kid with my family, mm-hmm. we went to the outback down there. And we actually mm-hmm. had like a giant Ayers Rock. We rode around on uh, camels on Ayers Rock. And just mm-hmm. it's a cool area. Awesome. We finished up yeah. there. And, you know, they give us snacks after eat it and then there's this item that they feed us like wow like it tastes like oh this is like a really different flavored chicken um Mm -hmm. and then they go oh it's not chicken and before i even i could hear i could look over at my mom's face she's not want to know and then they're like oh (laughs) that's that's camel and then she like looks over at the camel we were just were on and then goes like oh yeah and she goes like you mean like that that camel that goes well not that one but and i'm sitting there and i'm like oh (laughs) my god um wow yeah it was something right out of like a movie in that case also learned that camels can hold their bladders really long that's a whole different story but (laughs) um yeah that blew my mind i mean yeah i'm sure but Uh, that same same restaurant they they brought out some some squid we had a squid plate where they had like squid layered on top of a live squid live squid it was i mean yeah it was i think it was it was dead kind of they're like hey squeeze the lemon over it you squeeze the lemon and and i see now it started it starts it starts moving i'm like i'm like is this is this for real like and then next thing you know we had we they we ate the squid that was like cut up and prepared on that plate. They took the plate and then they came back with a like a fried like tempura and they throw that on the table. And I'm like I was like, oh cool. So I give it a try. I'm like, oh, this is squid. They're like, yeah, this is the squid that was on the table. I'm like, ah that 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 makes sense. But yeah, they uh throw the squid on there and they're like hey squeeze it with some lemon juice <laughs> we seasoned it up they took it back <laughs> next thing i know they fried it up and uh have at it i mean yeah it was like a oh, poor I, thing I but it, is it it can't be kind of dead it's it's either dead or alive right okay i i guess i guess yeah it was alive you know i uh Unfortunately, they, they squeezed the lemon on it before I could I can get a good video, so I, I couldn't uh, get it uh moving get it moving. But uh, you're gonna have to go back. You're gonna have to go back and get some documentation. I might, I might right, not I watch you. it, but I, I I know I will watch it. I got you. I'm a little bit creeped out, but I need this. We need this back here. Um, you know, well, we you. didn't we didn't eat the live squid, so that. We got that going for us. Hey, you got that going for it. Well, hey, I mean, like, but they they did put it on the table though. Well, 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I, that, <laughs> I think I'd be fine, but I'm just a little bit trying to wrap my head around what that looked like, or, you know, the experience, I should say. Yeah. Are you, uh, I know we talked about like tequila and stuff. Did you ever get into sake over there? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely growing on me. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to try it, you know, you're out here. Uh, they, and unfortunately I went back home. I tried to get some, it's not the same. The stuff out here is really good. Um, I mean, I, I actually just, I just picked up some, we had a, we call, they call them countryside game. So we went up to like Northern Japan, like, like the rice there is supposed to be really good. So it's a, a rice wine. So the rice there is, is pretty good. So just kind of different from the stuff you get in Tokyo. Uh, at a teammate, we went to another countryside game in uh, Niigata, which is considered like the best rice. And uh, my teammate, his family actually runs a like, they have like, they grow rice and they make sake. So he ends up giving me a bottle because we were just talking about it. And he's like, yeah, like my family, you know, we, we make this, we have our own company we make sake. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I'm sure it's delicious. Next thing you know, he comes to my locker one day. Boom, here's a bag. Gives me a bottle. I'm like, I'm like, man, you're too, you're too nice. But I'll, uh, I'll give this a try and let you know what I think. It was. No, no, I can't it take great. it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you're too kind, but thank you. I could never accept this. Uh, no, no, no. Thanks, thanks. It's good. <laughs> This is this is great. This is what I, I I I that's why I miss seeing you too. What I always loved is that you always had stories and you always were willing to explore in in different places and cultures and, and try to get the most out of it. And because I you know we we'll get close because I, I need to get you, I, I need to get you out here to get some sleep. But as we're getting close to wrapping up, is that kind of been a correlation for you of how much you want to explore? And when you're people might think right now you're a little bit more reserved because you're you just played a game and it's midnight but the people that know yeah. you back home i know you as a very charismatic fun adventurous guy mm -hmm. you know is that for you instilled is that something that like that's just how you view life you want to try to just i don't want to say get the most out of it but you you've never been one i've noticed to be complacent on just sitting around yeah, um, I mean, I think, I mean, it kind of goes back. We we talked about you know Adam's appetite and and just I I just remember you know in the minor leagues and I go to I mean granted some some cities aren't very great, uh, not not a whole lot to do but you know I go to a city they're like oh man you know my I have family there like what you think of it how'd you like it and I'm like you know we stayed at the Double Tree. Um, the bed was comfortable. Uh, the locker room was a decent size, you know, great place to hit, you know, small field, uh, you know, and, and the, and the ground, but the, the infield dirt was a little hard and they're like, but what about the city? And like, like, you know, did you get to see this like monument? Did you get to this restaurant? I'm like, no, I just went hotel field, field back home. Uh, and I, 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 it made me start thinking, like, you know, I got an opportunity to 
to travel around and play baseball, I should try to, I should try to do something, you know, try to just get out of the hotel, explore a little bit. So I started going to get some food and find a, find a place to eat. Um, now here I went and I got a nice little camera. I got my Sony camera. Uh, I keep that in my backpack. So, uh, you know, the other day I, you know, I walked around and there's a, a, a shrine and stopped by there. So just kind of walked through the park, took some pictures, just, uh, so I've, I've been trying to get out, just, just explore. So that way when people ask me like, Oh, you've been here. I, I have something to tell them. And, and it's been, uh, it's, it's been pretty enjoyable and just trying to make the best of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, that was something for me. I did the exact same thing starting off in my career. I didn't want to, I felt like I had to focus on baseball and I sometimes put too much stress on myself because of it, or then it was, I needed yeah. to just go to the field and, and back. But the, the human side of you, you need to, you need to release and also kind of enjoy the experience. And I felt, I think mm -hmm. it's a good way to look at it. We only, this, this part of our life is, is temporary. And mm -hmm. if we just, you know, focus on one sole thing, which is our job. And I get that mm -hmm. you're going to miss out on the rest of the journey that comes along with it. So mm -hmm. um, for anyone that's in pro ball or anyone that's in any profession or you're traveling with work, like go explore the places you go to, you know, yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't think I've, even if I had a weird time or like not as good of a time, I have a great story. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. All. So, so I got two more things and you're out of here. Mm -hmm. What is, yeah. if there was a piece of advice you could give people, you know, one thing that you live by or that, that resonates with you. Um, just, I think I would say the, the, I would probably say I try to impact, impact somebody's life. Just if you can try to impact somebody's life, just one life each day. Um, that's something I, you know, I try to live by just, uh, sometimes it, it can't be a huge thing, but sometimes it's just, you know, I, I'm able to stop and, and say hi to a, to a fan or, you know, give them a fist bump. And, and then like, next thing you know, it comes back to me like, Oh, Hey, you know, I, my, my, my kid was here and they had a, they got to meet you, gave them a fist bump. They, they love baseball now. Um, and sometimes just like, just, Oh, just random small little stuff. It comes back to me and it kind of changes somebody's perspective on something. Um, and, you know, I, I love hearing that. I mean, if you can, if you could help somebody out in a big way, that's great. But and I try not to stress about it, but I just try to tell myself, let's see if I could, you know, just if I could impact somebody's life and, and make it a little bit better, uh, just at least one a day, you know, then I'm, then I'm heading in the right direction. So I think that's something that I try to live by. I think if people try to live that way, you know, we'd be making everybody happy. Yeah. I mean, I think in some cases I've realized and I've had it happen on both sides where someone, it might be insignificant to that person, but it meant the mm -hmm. world to me. And yeah. in other cases where I think it's a small thing that I did could mean the world for them, you know, and 
And I, I didn't truly mm -hmm. actually understand that more until, you know, it's, it's after the fact, you know, I've gotten, mm -hmm. I've gotten a couple yeah. of letters or I had someone come down the road. I'm sure you have too, where mm -hmm. you realize the impact you had without just, just by being, by being kind and doing something that, that helps someone yeah. else. Yeah, you know, definitely. You kind of awesome. realize afterwards, but I mean, it, it does, it does hit you. And it's, I mean, I think it, it's a good feeling for me. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And then last thing, where do I get one of those shirts? Oh, th this one right here. Yeah. Um, uh, so again, talking about just kind of getting out exploring, we had an off day. Um, I'm in Osaka, you know, and we're here and everybody's heading back to Tokyo. I tell my translator, hey, there's a it's called Himeji and there's a big castle. It's like one of the biggest castles in Japan. And I'm like, hey, our off day, like I'm going back this way. I'm going to go see Himeji Castle. And I mean, it's probably an hour or so by train. So I just go there by myself went out there went took some pictures i'm walking down the street got some ice cream and next thing you know i see this random shop it's called the uh, himejian they got a it's an artist he like draws and has all these just like super cool like artwork had a huge like piece of art on the on the walls so i just kind of go in there it catches my eyes um and next thing I know, I start looking around and he's got a bunch of cool shirts. You know, he's got stuff like this. There's some like graphic t-shirts with some of his artwork and that he that he made. And I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta get it. So um, you know, maybe uh it's called Himejian. And uh yeah, I mean I actually just put it on my uh had to had to share it on on, on the gram, you know, outfit of the day and gave him a little shout out today so uh that's, that's right I, I, hey super I, I super cool it. shirt Heck, next <laughs> and time it feels there, great I too. Will... it's got a what i said and it feels great too it's a quality shirt perfect qual qual hey you got quality over there well hey, if you run across oh, one yeah. of those seriously i will send you i will pay for it i'll pay right, in advance that thing I, I need one of those like that is <laughs> all right yeah in the wardrobe <laughs> That's all I got, uh, Adam. It, it was great catching up with you, man. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll have to get together when you're back in the States, or I'll try to make a trip over there in the future. But uh, best of luck the rest of the way, and and uh, we'll chat Appreciate soon. Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. It's it great talking, catching up. So we'll uh, talk soon. And, yeah, hopefully we'll get together this offseason or something. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Adam. And before we get out of here, if you could please – rate review subscribe to the off script with rip podcast that would be extremely beneficial for me and yes let me know what you like or what you don't like and how i can make this better because again the goal is to make this better for everyone listening out there but that is it for episode 18 i will see you next week for another new episode of off script with rip